I'm a productivity coach and professional organizer, and I help people get more focused, organized, and productive at work. I want to share some tips and techniques with you, especially during this time. What I've found when I'm talking to my colleagues and clients is that we need to kind of shift some of the productivity tools and techniques that we've been using so that we can be more productive in this crisis. So the first thing is the foundation for productivity. There's not a tip or technique that I can give you if you don't have a good foundation in place. And the foundation starts with sleep, making sure that you get seven to eight hours sleep each night. Your body and brain is refreshed and ready to head to work. I know many of you in the, and the people that I've spoken to are losing sleep. It's justified, um, but trying to get as much rest as you can. This is also going to help your immune system. You want to make sure that you are eating healthy. Now that we're home, we might be snacking a little bit more, eating things that may not be as helpful for us and our bodies and bringing us energy. So making sure that you're eating healthy and getting the exercise you need. Many of us are going out on walks, but Sorry, do we what? need more cardio? So keeping that, those foundations in mind, sleep, healthy eating, and exercise. Another important piece of foundation is connection. You're here today, which is fantastic, but keep showing up to these calls so that you can stay in connection and feel that you're some, a part of something bigger. So I wanna give you some techniques on ways to stay focused. I know that the news kind of will draw us away from the work that we need to do. Sometimes we'll get a quick call or we'll jump onto a, a virtual meeting. So we need to be able to make sure that we stay focused throughout the day. Instead of being reactionary, creating a mindset. We talked about this last week in the call, but making sure that we actually get dressed, <laughs> putting on shoes, um, taking a shower, doing the self-care that we need, just getting into that mindset Oftentimes, we have had a commute so that on that commute or as we're getting ready to get into the office, we're setting our minds around what needs to happen during the day. Well, the commute now is from the bedroom to the living room or from the couch to the dining room table. So what do we need to do to shift our mindset? How do we get into the space of business? And if we can just think of one word and set one intention, like today, I'm going to be focused and organized. And then working to make sure that we shift into that mindset throughout the day. We can put a post-it note on top of our computer uh, or somewhere on our desk just to keep reminding us of our intention. You also want to set a timer. So on your phone or even just a timer that you can set from your kitchen so that you can stay focused in on a task. So think about how much time you wanna spend on a project, setting a timer, and then making sure you push through using all of that time, very focused on the project itself. You also wanna make sure that you're creating a routine in your day. Again, the past few weeks we have, may have been reactionary but as we're heading into stay in place until June looking at creating a routine that's going to support us in our workday 
in staying organized. We've all um, started to work in a new environment. And for people like Diane, some of us have already been working remotely. But what do you need to put in place? What supplies do you need next to you and close to you so that your envir environment is comfortable? Making sure there's a place for everything and everything is in, it, in its place. And then making sure that you set and reset your desk throughout the day. You also want to make sure you know what done looks like. The people that I've been talking to seem to be working longer. So it's not just an eight or 10 hour day, it's more like 12 or 14. And it makes sense for us as we move into this crisis, but over long term, that tends to lead to burnout, frustration, fatigue. And so making sure that you create a space that allows you to understand that done is done. So whether it means that you close down your laptop, I had a client that would cover her desk with a piece of cloth, a tablecloth, so that she couldn't see the work that was there. Um, and that, would, that meant her day was complete. So thinking about shutting down your office, what does that look like? Because now your office is in your home and you can get to it at any time. And staying productive, making sure that you create a realistic to-do list. I'm talking to people who want to do six, seven, eight things in the day, and that's not re really realistic. So choosing three things, just three tasks and projects that are gonna move your business forward for today. And focus in on those three tasks. If you get those done, great. You can go back to your to-do list and choose more. But you'll feel a sense of accomplishment and achievement if you can work on three things and get those three tasks done. Also notice on that task list, are you creating your outcome? Like I wanna build a website or your next step? I need to get into WordPress and enter content. Breaking down the task will allow you to get into action and keep moving on next steps. It's really important that we decide and determine how we're gonna show up in this time. I was talking with a client yesterday and he said, I'm not even sure how to show up as a leader right now. A leader for my team and a leader for the company that I work for. And so we came up with three adjectives. He wanted to be comforting, he wanted to be compassionate, and he wanted to be authentic. So I'm asking you, what are three words, three adjectives that would describe how you want to show up for your business right now? As a business owner, I wanna show up serving others, helping the community, and with kindness. So I wanna thank you for your time and attention today. I also wanna pass it off, and when Nancy is talking about being calm, one of the issues when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, our brains will actually shut down. So being calm is an important part of staying productive. So listen to what Nancy has to say, and I look forward to speaking to you in the breakout rooms. Thanks again. Margo, thank you so much. And um, so, um, Margo mentioned we'd met each other a while back and I was a speaker in January at a uh, conference at Harvard Business School for women 
And as I was heading out, it was pretty cold. And, you know, Margot just stopped me to, you know, say hello and reintroduce herself. And it had been a long time since we had actually seen or talked to each other. And one thing I'm going to really encourage people to do is if somebody pops to mind who you haven't talked to in a while, it was just so nice for Margot to say hi and reintroduce herself in a way because it really had been probably a couple years. And so I just really encourage you right now, you know, when I, in, in the quote, old days of like three weeks ago, when I would do workshops, people say, oh, I, I you know, I don't know when to contact somebody I haven't talked to in a while because I feel like I'm, you know, doing something inauthentic. Now is the time to just simply say, you popped into my mind. I thought of you a couple months ago and, you know, now more than ever, just simply to say hello, just simply to say hello. Marco, can you talk a little bit about, because I work at home, I live at home, and I've been doing this for a while. My living room is a war zone, if, and I, that's a bad phrase, but it's just, it's been chaotic and it was big chaotic before this. Can you talk a little bit more about build a website versus, you know, what's the next step? So I, I'm making videos right now and I make the video and then I need to edit the video and then I need to, you know, put it on a platform. How do you, I just get completely overwhelmed and then I can lock down. What are some things that people can do when you are in that overwhelm lockdown and we may be locked down physically, <laughs> but you know, mentally, there's a lot of head trash that we're all dealing with. I mean, at least I am, I know. Sure, so make the video and publish it is the outcome that you want to create. But think about the next smallest step. The next smallest step would probably be to turn on your computer and to start filming. It might be that even before you start that, that, that may not be the next step because you need to have some kind of strip, script or outline to follow. It might be that you have a brainstorming session. So I would ask you, Diane, if we're gonna make and publish a video, what's the next smallest step you'd need to take in that action? The next smallest step. Smallest step, yep. Okay. What would it be? Uh, so th this is very real because this morning I, I made a video and I ended up doing it three times because I didn't like how I how I sounded. I didn't like, you know, all of a sudden this popped up even this part. Of, I was doing a video on how to um, use uh, Zoom for this for this group. Um, I've shared Paul's video and some other things, but you know, I get I get completely overwhelmed. So I guess the next thing to do would be what scripted or write some bullet points. Exactly. So I would even say it goes beyond that. It, it's about what do you need to do to stay calm? If you're feeling overwhelmed, do you need to do some breathing techniques? Do you need to focus in on your mindset? Do you need to create an intention? And then move into, okay, so it sounds like I need a script or some bullet points. That's my next step, writing okay. those down. And then it's, turning on the camera and talking through those bullet, bullet lists. But usually when you can hit on that first next step, what it feels like is confidence. You feel really good. I got this. Oh, I can do this. If it's make a video and publish it and it feels overwhelming, start to break it down. Yeah, breaking down is probably my harder thing. <laughs> yes, it is for most people. 
It is, it is. All right, Margo, thank you so much. Anybody who would like to find out more about um, Margo's work, um, Jessica has put Margo's website in the chat. Um, if you haven't discovered the chat, for most of it, it's in the bottom. And so if you wanna go on there, reach out to her um, and, uh, and get any more tips and tools and things like that. Um, Marco, again, thank you so much for your time. Now let's shift gears and uh, we're gonna go over to Nancy Lubin in Maine. And um, as I mentioned, Nancy and I first met on a camping trip more than a few years ago and we were tent mates. And um, I, I been bumped into, Nancy and I also had not seen each other in quite some time. And we reconnected actually at a memorial service for an amazing man who was, I think, 97, if I rem remember correctly. He was. And I'm thinking about, Nancy, I'm thinking about Bob a lot right now because um, I don't know if you know the story about him, but um, he had to leave college because of the war. And so he actually graduated from college, I think in his 80s. And so his life was completely disrupted and upended because of the war. And he went on to have an amazing life, got married, had three amazing kids and has a very extended family. Um, and it was at his memorial service that I was saying hello to somebody and I hear this, hello, Diane, and it was Nancy. And I had not seen Nancy in quite some time. And so um, Nancy and I have in the months since uh, reconnected and Recently, um, she was helping me with some of my calming techniques. And one of them was to put some rosemary oil in the shower so I would steam and have this wonderful kind of wonderful shower to kind of invigorate me and also at times kind of just make me feel a little bit of self-care. So I've invited Nancy to speak about aromatherapy and kind of what's good out there, what's not good out there. And we're gonna have some little question and answer about that. Um, so Nancy, take it away. So here I am, speaking to you from sleety, snowy Maine. Um, I am also a life coach, but I've been, um, I've been taking thousands of hours, actually, of classes for aromatherapy. There's more to it than meets the eye. I am a board member of the Alliance of International Aromatherapists as well, so I want you to know that I'm not passing along something you could have gotten from the internet that I actually have um, some background in this and would be really grateful to share it with you. Um, I wanted to uh, offer you a couple things. In terms of anxiety, Deepak Chopra says that the best use of imagination is creativity. And the worst use of imagination is anxiety. So from there, we could say that anxiety is a choice, but in the ambient, moment it doesn't really feel like a choice so if you find yourself listening to the news or wishing you could get back to work there's one um a little hint that i found which is a five four three two one technique that i'm going to share with you and i'm going to read it so excuse me while i'm not looking straight at you but as you're breathing deeply um, through your nose and out through your mouth you can look around you and find five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, that's where I come in, and one emotion that you can feel. And just acknowledge that emotion and let it pass through you. You don't have to hold on to it if it's not an emotion that you want. 
So, and that may be a moment to pick up on what Margot had to say about intention. Maybe that's the moment where you hold on to a very clear intention as you shift gears from whatever you were feeling at the beginning of 54321. And um, as you get down to the one emotion you can feel. So Diane, thanks for inviting me here. Thank you, Mark. Welcome. So Nancy and I are just gonna have a few more questions and answers. We're gonna make this a little bit more interactive and, and of an interview, if you will. So Nancy, you know, when with the world of essential oils, um, you know, how do you differentiate from, you know, the ones that you can get online and to the ones that, you know, I mean, and, and Margo, I mean, uh, Jessica's gonna put Nancy's information as well for anybody who wants to reach out to her. Um, I did a, um, a, cons a consultation session with Nancy when I was talking about some of my, I, I did not know until I was a school teacher at 24 years old that I was both ADD and dyslexic. So um, I have always had an issue staying focused. And so Nancy and I were talking about focus at times, which at times um, I went, I, uh, mocks or cover is, it can be a depression for me because I get so hard on myself when I'm not getting things done that I get pretty down. So we did a whole session and she filtered out some of the, the sense mm -hmm. and things like that. So what are some things that people should be aware of when they are looking at the essential oil industry, if you will, because it is an right. industry. Oh, good. So some, so Eleanor's already written in. This is Super, Eleanor, thanks for that. I'll, I'll read her post in her chat in a minute. Um, well, the first thing I would say is that the link that I've given you in the chat is actually to this, addresses the safety issues with essential oils. Yes, they are natural, and you know, so is arsenic. That's my short answer. Not everything <laughs> that, is, that is natural is good for you, and a dear teacher of mine says it depends on the dose. And in the case of dose, we're talking about breathing in and uh, olfaction versus actually dosing as another way. But nonetheless, the amount that you take in very much changes the effect of um, anything natural. And I would say, do your homework, find your experts. Um, if you have essential oils at home and you want to know something more about them, stick them in the chat and maybe we can talk about that for a minute. But there is, if you're going to put them on your body, there's a dilution chart. It's number three on that page that, that for, uh, in that link. So you can download that PDF and you'll have a really good dilution chart for safe use. Um, pretty, I think it's pretty clear. If it's not, you know where to find me. And um, I'm gonna, so here we go. I've got a list, I've got a really long list of um, oils, but Eleanor says bergamot helped her um, and lavender too. So bye Jill, nice, nice to have seen you. And um, in addition to that, there's some grounding oils. Atlas cedarwood is distilled from the wood. Cypress is distilled from needles and twigs. Um, those are two fairly grounding oils. Um, orange, all of the citruses, and bergamot is a citrus. I will also tell you that bergamot oil, if you, for any reason, think you wanna put it in your lotion or on your skin, for the most part, it is photosensitizing unless the label says F 
CF. So please do not use straight bergamot oil on your body unless you, know, unless you have an FCF bergamot. That along with lemon is, uh, are, are also, is also photosensitizing. So you wanna be careful. So Nancy, at one point when I was telling you how stressed I was and, you know, I was going to take the rosemary oil, um, you know, that I had done um, in the shower and take a shower at night, you suggested rosemary was not the best for the evening. What's, you know, a lavender, I'm assuming? What are some things yeah. that, you know, is it a good idea to take a shower at night? I kind of find at times it calms me down. At other times I feel like it revs me up. You know, with just kind of the whole aroma of what we breathe in, what are some things that we could be using? Well, that would I mean, be everybody knows about lavender. There's actually a lot of science on lavender. Um, ber uh, lavender, bergamot, the citruses. This, the thing with the citruses is that they're, for the most part, feel pretty sunshiny. They're great for uplifting. Grapefruit's a little more zingy. You know, grapefruit and lemon are a little more zingy. If you can find mandarin, green mandarin's more calming than red mandarin, if, if you actually find the difference. Almost all the oils I'm gonna to recommend to you are relatively inexpensive. The two that are not, well, let me say this. Neroli is very expensive. You can buy something called a codistill, which is, and neroli is bitter orange, not sweet orange. So, Instead of neroli, uh, most of us use for the sake of um, our finances a neroli pedigrain, which is the same, it's the same tree, but it's twigs and branches along with the flowers in the distillation. And that's pretty reasonable. And I actually made myself a price list so I could tell you that five mils of codistill is $24, as opposed to five mils of just neroli which is probably $75. And five mils could be 100 drops, if you're thinking about drops. But one of the things I wanted to say to, to all of you is, here's a little glass jar. What's in it is um, Himalayan pink salt. It could be kosher salt right out of your kitchen. But a couple of drops of maybe some orange and some lavender would be a lovely way at lunch to just beam down, right? And you can take a sniff and you can close it up again so it doesn't, these are all quote unquote volatile oils, so they go away if you leave them open to the air. That's why you can smell them so quickly when you open a jar. Nancy, somebody commented in the chat, you know, if you wanted to feel better, just bake some bread. What is oh. it about, what is it about the smell of foods or are there some foods that, you know, are, this is a not, this is not an oil conversation, but the, Nancy's an amazing cook and chef and food. It's an olfaction. It's an olfaction issue, which is that this is the one, our olfactory nerve, I'm going to, connects up in, you know, up at the top of our nose directly to our brain. So we, so these, these oils gas off or you know, any aroma is essentially an airborne, is airborne, we take it in through our nose, it connects to the nerve endings and from the olfactory bulb and goes right into the system. And as such, it affects neural connections, 
hormone, you know, hormone um, cascades. Um, it can get into the bloodstream. So it's one of the reasons that we talk about, you know, being careful and you don't need to diffuse it all the time, whether that, you know, so you take a sniff of your jar. The other jar I have here is cotton ball jar. You can, you can change out your aromas by sticking this in here, plopping a couple things in, choosing to cap it when you're done if you want to shift it. Peppermint, to answer your question, Diane, um, rosemary is on the stimulating side. Um, peppermint is on the stimulating side, but not stimulating to the point of like caffeine, just a little bit of an uplift. And if you want to soften, you know, again, if, if you're really concerned I, Diane and I were talking at one point about the Harvard Business Review article uh, that came out last week on grief. Some of what we're feeling at the moment is grief. So, or at least, you know, certain amount of nothing's the same as it was. So yeah. how do we deal with those losses? And um, bergamot certainly is an emotional stability, is great for emotional stability. Um, geranium, a little bit more expensive than its cousin, palmarosa. Um, but both of them do, are really good for reducing anxiety and um, quieting emotional confusion. There are particular um, oils that are great for grief. They tend to be on the expensive side. I will be honest. I would not be caught on a desert island without my Roman chamomile. Fairly expensive. You don't need to buy a big bottle. And I say big. I don't, of course, I don't have a five mil bottle here, but this is a 15 mil bottle. You can see, a, you know, it's about the size of my ear. It's a lot, of, it's a lot of oil. Most of these oils you can buy in, in a third size. So this is a half an ounce. You can buy a sixth of an ounce, which is five mils. And uh, five mils is enough. Um, any particular questions about? So if anybody has any specific questions, um, go ahead and add in the chat. And um, Margo, do you have any thoughts after you know hearing some of the different tips and things that, that Nancy has shared on? you know, productivity, somebody shared with me yesterday um, was to breathe um, in trust and out fear. And I thought that was an interesting um, thing to kind of think about or what are some different things to do. There is a question, uh, Nancy, on what about scented candles? Um, I don't, there's so much to be said about scented candles. Most of them are scented not with essential oils. They're scented with our, um, commercial aromatics, which is what keep, holds the scent as long as it does. Not my favorite. You could add an essential oil into it. But I also wanted to, uh, Mandy said something about how to home dot, it, uh, how humidifiers. Uh, I would not put an essential oil in a home humidifier. Essential oils are, uh, are distilled, and as volatile oils, they actually could hurt plastic parts of okay. them. So if you want to diffuse something in your you know, room, in the room, buy what's called a diffuser. I believe yeah. there's diffuserworld.com, 
And that would be a great place to find a diffuser that suits your needs and your budget. I would recommend that you get a diffuser that has a timer on it so that you get maybe five to 10 minutes of diffusion and then an hour off. And then, so you get a little bit of, um, there's a couple questions in the chat about you know how to use it in the shower. What I do is I just drop a few um, drops in the in the shower floor. Um, I actually I when I did my shower I have it made out of rocks, so it's it, it, I I did that intentionally so I would kind of slow myself down when I walked into the shower. So I actually just dabble a little bit of that in into the, that. And then I just let it steam for a few minutes, and that's kind of my routine. Um, Nancy, there's a question about what about pets? Is there any concern for pets with oils? There is a, a, at the level of diffusion. Yes, I, I would be a little careful. There are um, there are d dogs. I, I, there's so much that's been written about that in my industry, mm -hmm. and for the most part, I would say do pets should be able to leave a room. They should okay. be able to do their own self-care. If you live in a small space, I would be cautious. Cats in particular seem to be a little bit more sensitive. That said, the household cats where I took my class were 25 of us were busy blending all day long. The cats just came and went, didn't seem to bother them at all. Yeah. And they live with a full-time aromatherapist, so. Well, I remember, I remember hearing um, in our building, we, they brought in police dogs, which, and they did the sense um, to show where, they, where the dog would search for things. It was actually a very remarkable situation. And apparently, a, we smell soup. A, a dog smells the carrots, the celery. They smell all of the ingredients. Yeah. An animal that can be quite, quite sharp. Margo, any comments for you on kind of thinking back to what she has said on how this can help with productivity? And then we'll go to the breakouts. Sure, I think that we're all kind of pushing through our day and we need to consider taking breaks. Taking breaks to rest our eyes from the computer screen, to just step away from our desks or wherever we're working. And aromatherapy allows us to do that. It's the time to set the diffuser. It's the time to take a few minutes to open up a bottle and, and do some deep breathing. That can help with the overwhelm and stress that we're feeling. Not just with our work, but with just what's happening in the world. Yeah. I'm going to add, Diane, I'm going to add one thing, just going, if I may, sure. going back to the question of, um, of cooking smells, open a bottle of vanilla. If you want to, if you're, if you're feeling a little bit of sad, open a bottle of vanilla. Just take a whiff. It's not that hard to do. You know, you open it up, you can smell the cap, you can whiff it right out of the bottle. I wouldn't suggest drinking, it's pretty high alcohol, but if you just wanna feel some sweetness, vanilla represents sweetness for most of us. And what I happened to pick up as I spoke those words was another one of my favorites. Again, a little pricier than the citruses, than the lavenders and the bergamot, but, and, or, the, or the pines and spruces, but this is sweet marjoram, and it's, it's antispasmodic when you use it topically on muscles. And to answer the question about dilution, you don't have to dilute, dilute for an inhalation. You should dilute for application on the body. Um, but I find, I find marjoram in a calming blend just amazing. It's a little bit floral and fruity, uh, but quieter than that if you just use a little bit 
and it tones down for some of us who aren't that fond of the really the really floral things it's a nice it just drops it right down along with the roman chamomile if it's something that you can add to your collection um, I had a college roommate. I went to college in the Midwest and I had a college roommate from LA and in the winter quarter, she was so miserable. And so she would sit on her bed with suntan lotion and just sniff it, imagining she was at the beach. <laughs> I'm going to talk a minute about inhalers, about personal inhalers. So do you all remember the Vicks Vapo stick? Here's a picture of the pieces of a plastic inhaler that you can buy on Amazon. So there's a cover, there's the actual piece that holds this cotton wick, and there's a cap for the bottom of where the cotton wick goes into this piece before you screw on this cover. So you can buy it in plastic. You and can I, also- I have one of these that Nancy has sent me and it has um, a self-defense is the thing that I got from Nancy last winter when I was traveling a lot and I could use that as kind of a helpful thing to, um, to help people, you know, help me feel more healthy, you know, as I was going on. So let's continue and we're gonna- Excuse me for two more seconds. I just wanna finish this and then I'll let you guys go into this next piece. This is a glass, inhaler if you don't want to buy plastic you can see the wick in it this comes off but the um it's covered by a metal looks it's a little dressier so i just wanted to say there are lots of ways to do that and the way and all you need to do is blend your oils in some kind of a this this is glass but you could use ceramic something ceramic dip your wick in whatever you've blended your oils in 15 drops is plenty for an inhaler and then you can keep it in your pocket and just, you know, there, this is a plastic one, unscrew it, just take a whiff, put it back so that it doesn't gas off and go dry on you. And that way you have something to stay calm with in a public environment where not everybody may want to smell what's in your snippy stick. <laughs> good idea, you know, good idea. Questions, um, absolutely email me. I am Nancy at intention.com and that is a singular intention and it's you'll see it again on my website but great um, there you go nancy thank you so much so um jessica if you can uh, take over now and we're going to go into small breakout sessions and um i invite you in this section so in this area we're trying to we're still trying to figure out you know kind of the logistics behind